Just say no to drugs campaign. Anybody old enough to admit that? Just say no. All right, we have the D.A.R.E. program. Got a lot to go over here. You know, in that video, the coolest people are the drug people. <laughs> it's like, oh, that guy's cool. Oh, that's the one you're supposed to not do that with. Yeah. The lamest looking people that's like, don't say, just say no. Uh, I feel strange how much they made uh, doing drugs fun in that particular video. Yeah, D but don't do it. And maybe, and there's even some words in there like, uh, I think it says, baby, you'll be happy if you do, but it kind of sounds like maybe you'll be happy. Don't join great gangs, but maybe you'll be happy if you do. Don't do drugs, but maybe you'll be happy if you do. Well, of course, this was straight out of 1989. Like I said, I would have been like in middle school or something like that. Just Say No campaign and the D.A.R.E. campaign. We had D.A.R.E. officers, a police officer would come to school and take, usually brought like legit drugs and like laid them all out there and said, don't do these drugs. And we we're like, well, okay, uh, why not do those drugs? Well, they'll make you feel silly and weird. Like, dude, I'm in middle school. I mean, that's like my middle name is silly and weird right? Don't do these drugs. Okay. Yeah. Just don't do them. Don't, don't like it made them look so cool. And then of course in high school we had uh, some of you, I mean, I, I was a graduate right here at Winnemac community high school. So those not online maybe, but those right here, you might even remember this. There was a time where I think it was sad students against drunk driving or it's now students against bad decisions or something like that. Um, but they took this thing and they took one of those trophy cases and they, they emptied it out, <clears throat> I forget what was in there before, and they put this, I mean, a five-foot doobie in this trophy case. It was like this big. Now, there were like little, it, there were little black stripes over the glass, and, but, it but it just looked like we were promoting it. I don't know how to say it. Like, it was very misunderstood. You go to jail if you do it, but it was like, and so all of us were like, yeah. <laughs> I am not promoting drug use today. I've got, I'm going somewhere with this, clearly. Okay, so University of Illinois, the D.A.R.E. program ended in 2009. 
Um, it's now they changed some approach. University of Illinois did some research on the D.A.R.E. program and found that actually kids were more likely to do drugs if they went through the D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> yeah, I, I, exactly. You guys are like, wait a minute, I told you not to do that. Yeah, well, we're going to be talking about that a lot here today because there is something about the human heart that needs understood if we're going to be finding out how God works and how, and how we work. So we're in a sermon series uh, called From the Inside Out, and what we've been going through is the book of Romans. And here we are, we're going to be in Romans chapter 7 today, and we've been looking a lot the last couple of weeks about sin. Last week we talked about hamartia, which is the, the missing the mark. That's the Greek word, the New Testament word for sin. So that, you know, an important spiritual principle. If you weren't here last week, check it out online. <clears throat> because sin is just when God's got a bullseye for our life and we do something else. That's hamartia. That's, our, that's, that's sin. So doing whatever we want instead of what God wants is going to be sin. So we've been building up to this, and we're going to start looking at some answers, not just some problems. So we've been trying to give you answers, but a lot of today is going to be looking at answers. I want to I I teach you a word today counterintuitive okay that means like our brains think it should go this way and it's actually counterintuitive the kingdom of god is counterintuitive it's a different way of living and a different way of of operating and so when we if we just try to do things in a human way we will not get to where god wants us to be but if we understand that his kingdom is an upside down kingdom we'll start to get closer okay now one other cool thing here we got going on a couple weeks from now i think a month from now we have easter I want to remind everybody, start praying right now of who God wants you to invite to Easter. Because people are really receptive to coming to church for Easter. And if you're a Christian and you're, you're, they know you went to church, they know you hopefully like your church, I guess you wouldn't be here if you didn't like it. Then, and then they're like, why didn't you invite me? If it's so cool, why don't you invite me? So you're making all your friends sad by not inviting them to church. You're making them question how much they, that you love them. So go ahead and make sure they know that, you are, that they're loved by inviting them to Easter because they're going to show up. They're going to come with you, and we're going to pack a house. That's going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's do, let's do some word uh, today. Let's go to Romans chapter 7, and we'll start in verse 5. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us. And the law, we'll be talking about that a lot today, aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. The law aroused them. But now we've been released from the law. We've died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Okay, the law, we're going to talk about that in a second, but that's the, the, the rules and regulations. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of just doing the letter of the law, just doing the do's and don'ts, but in the new way, which is living in the Spirit, living by the Spirit. Obeying God is the new way that we live. But sin used this command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If there were no law, sin would not have had that power. Okay, the actual command to not do it made me want to do it. So at one time, I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life, and I died. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Verse 11, sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me, and it used the commands to kill me. 
So the trouble's not with the law. Okay, it's not that those rules are bad. It's spiritual and good. The trouble's with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. All too human. The problem is, you and I are humans. And I don't really understand myself. I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Man, I love how Paul just comes right out with it. Like, I'm just not the person I really wished I was. I was. There are things I want to do and I don't do them. He says, there's another power within me. And that's a war with my mind. The power makes me a slave to the sin that's still within me. Verse 24, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then verse 25, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, because I'm a human, I am a slave to sin. So much to go through here. We'll take it a piece at a time here. Okay, what do you do before a big decision? What do you do? If you've got a big decision coming, not a small one, like where you're going to go out to eat after church today. A big one, like who am I going to marry? Is this, is this the kind of person I should have in my life? Uh, you know, like buy this house, take this job, big ones, go to this school. What do we do before we have a big decision? Well, there's some statistics about this. Pew Research in, in, the, in 2020 started to do some research about why people or how they make different decisions. 96% of people do some sort of research before they make a decision. That's good. But that means 4% of people just out there wilding, man. They just making big decisions. I mean, I guess that's why you got those people getting married that just met each other in Vegas, right? Like, hey, you want to get married? Who are you? My name's Adam. Cool. Let's, let's do it. There's 4% of that. And that does make more sense to our society, doesn't it? Like 4% you're just out there doing stuff, yo. Now, out of the 96%, okay, half of them are doing some internet research. That's good. Facebook, YouTube, something like, how do I own a home? <laughs> how much should my mortgage be? We're doing some kind of research before we do that. That's, that's a good thing. Now, 25% of the group that said they were doing some research, they, they, they asked family and friends. That's good, too. What do you think I should do? You think this is a good idea? Should I date this person or not this person? Did you know, though, only 4% of the people that did some sort of research at all took into credit faith, religion, or their spiritual upbringing. 4%. Now, you might not know the statistic, but somewhere around 30% of people go to church in America. That's what they say. I don't know if that's the right number. That's 30, people ask, do you go to church? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 30% are saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only 4% of people are taken into consideration what God says about, should I marry this person? Should I date this person? Should I buy a house? Should I, can I afford? No one's asking God. No wonder we're not successful in victory in our, as the body of Christ like we should be. We gotta, we, you know, guys, you all understand, right? You take it for granted, right? You should ask God before those things, shouldn't you? Yes, is the answer I was looking for, guys. This is not a trick question today. Yeah, all of us, before we go do something, man, we need to say, Lord, what do you think? Because we got the Word of God, we got the Bible, and the Bible can say, yeah, uh, no, this is way outside the bounds. 
Or we got the Spirit of God. The cool thing about the Spirit of God is it'll give us answers to that exact situation. I mean, the Bible's not going to tell you should you date so-and-so or not, but the Spirit of God can. Put it right in your heart. No, this is not the right one. Or yes, I think you can take a step. But guys, we gotta, we got to do it God's way. And that's really what I want to make sure we're talking about here today because there's God's ways and there's man's ways. And God's ways are greater than man's ways in, on every level. And we cannot be the Christians, the believers God's called us to be unless we embrace God's ways and let go of our ways, man's human ways. Does that make sense? And what I'm talking today is the answer from God. It's counterintuitive to our own understanding, our own mentalities, but we got to do God's ways, not our ways. So there were 613 mitzvot. That sounds like a made-up name. That's a, that's a Hebrew word. It means rules. Now, we have the Ten Commandments, right? Okay, we, we know there's Ten Commandments. I actually struggle to even memorize them. I have to go over back over them to, to like put them back in my heart. But actually, the Jewish religion has the full 613 mitzvot, which are the rules of things you're supposed to do and or not do. Now, I don't know if you're like me and still struggle to memorize the all 10 commandments. How about 613 commandments? You're like, oh, no heaven for you, 498. You forgot 498. Aw. <laughs> right? I mean, that sounds like a lot of memorization for, for most Americans. Now, Paul would have been a good Jewish young man, member of the Sanhedrin, a, a very educated Jewish man. He would have had all 613 rules memorized. He would have known them all, could rattle them all off in order, do, 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 and made sure he did all, every single one of them, exactly like they were supposed to be done. And Paul was the one who wrote in the book of Romans, the problem is with the law here. But see, he, he said in verse 14, it's not that the law is unspiritual. It's not that the law is bad. It's just that I'm human. It's just that when the law comes, I respond to it in a very human way. You see, if we focus on our sin, we're more likely to do it. Verse 8. Sin used this command, the law, to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If, they were to, if there were no law, sin would have not had that power. Now, that's counterintuitive. That's, let's, talk about, let's talk about this because this is an important spiritual concept. Here's, here's, let's start with this. Here's what Paul is not saying. Since you told me a rule, the rules are bad, so I just don't need any uh, do's or don'ts at all because the do's and don'ts just make it so I sin more. That's not what Paul was saying here. He said in verse 14, it's spiritual and good. But the problem is, if there's a red button that says do not press, we won't press the button. Don't you tell me I can't press the button. What does it do? Okay, there was a, there's a little, like those little reels, there's a little Instagram reel. And it had a guy, and it was like at a carnival fair, and there was a, you know, like a stand or whatever, and had a little black curtain, and it said, don't peek in here. Clearly, he peeked, right? He puts his head in there, pie right in the face, boom. And he was all mad, he was going to sue. It tells you, don't do it. It said, don't do it right on there. Man, if you and I are hiking, let's say we're hiking out somewhere, and we're that doesn't sound like me or you probably, but let's just put this together. 
we're just, we're, it's just a story. We're hiking and, and we come across a chain link fence and it's got a little sign there and it says, danger, do not enter, government property, top secret location. Well, now I got to go in there. What's in there, right? I mean, you got aliens and jars in there, don't you? There's aliens and jars in there. So now all of a sudden, I'm, I wouldn't be a hiking type person normally, but I'm hiking on in there. I'm going to see, right? Area 51, no one cared till it's like, what's going on in there? I don't know what's going on in there, but I bet it's lamer than we have our, in our ideas. Because as soon as they said, you're not allowed to see what's going on in Area 51, we all went, I got to see that now. Take me to Nevada so I can get like a telescope and see what's going on. That's the human part of us. As soon as the law said, don't do those things, it actually aroused the idea that we want to do them. You and I are like, don't do that. Well, now I got to do it. Don't do drugs, kids. Silly and weird. Let's find out. They named the program D.A.R.E. Right? You guys remember being a middle schooler? Like, if it was truth or dare, you, you did dare. You didn't do tr- truth. You, you would, the person next to you would have found out that you liked them. You, you, you could have died before you let somebody else find out that they liked you or you liked them or any of that. So D.A.R.E. was like, tempt fate and put my life on the line or tell the truth, life on the line it is right? Drug abuse resistance education, but we just called it D.A.R.E. I, I literally didn't know what it was called till I did this research for this sermon. I'm like, D.A.R.E.? Hey, it's got periods there. Like, I didn't realize it was a, an acronym, <laughs> right? But the problem is, as soon as they said not to do that, well, all the kids wanted to see why not to do that, and that's the problem with the law, okay? When, when, when we start thinking about the it's about a focus, when we start focusing on the sin, we actually become more aware of it. This is a theological idea called sin consciousness, sin awareness, sin conscious. You're like you're conscious, you're aware of something. The more we double down on the sin, the more we think about the, th- the thing, the more we want to do it. So see, religion has taught you that you need to analyze every part of every mistake you make and just dive down into it and think you're a little worm, think you're a nobody, and the more you can lower yourself and just think how messed up you are and and dwell and nonstop think about how much of a worthless person you are, the better off you'll be, and that is not the Bible. That sin consciousness, all it does is make us more sinful. Now, I didn't make this up. You can read chapter 7 for yourself. Read it all. Put it in your heart. I'm not making this up. This is counterintuitive. That's why I started out by attacking the poor dare officers. They're like, what did I ever do? You did nothing wrong. It was, it was well intended. Just like most religion is well intended. You're actually trying to stop someone from doing these things. But the reality is if we don't do it the kingdom of God way, we just end up doing it more. It's deep. It's deep stuff today. Let it hit your heart. Okay, don't look at the person next to you. Do not, none of you, look at the person next to you right now. All you online, if you've got somebody next to you, don't look at them. (laughs) All right, you can look at them now. Like, give them a, a smile or something. That was weird. 
you know, you would have gone this whole sermon without looking at them until I said not to look at them. And then now what do you want to do? You want to look over at them. Are they there? What are they thinking? And the, by the way, the awkward look on your faces was awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, I got to take that into my heart. You didn't get that. I got that. That was beautiful. This, but that's how sin works. <laughs> Guys, at the end of every sermon, basically, we do some similar things most time. And it's, you know, every, don't do it now because it's like Pavlov's dogs here. But every head bowed and every eye closed, right? So, you know, I know you looking. <laughs> I see you looking. <laughs> <laughs> you're down there your eyes shifting around <laughs> it's because as soon as i said not to do it you're like oh i gotta i gotta look now that is sin consciousness that is sin awareness it's not that it's not that the bible telling us we shouldn't do those things is wrong it's not that that's it, it's fine that the bible tells us to do those things it's us in the in our human nature as soon as we're told that that spirit of rebellion that came all the way from the very first sin that spirit of rebellion lives within us and we want to rebel against whatever god says okay so what's the answer the answer to sin is to focus on jesus the answer is in jesus christ our lord you see, if we focus on the sin, it's going to be more sin coming out of us. You focus on Jesus, it's more Jesus coming out of you. It's, it's about where we put our focus. You cannot focus on your sin so much that you'll overcome it. Some of you didn't catch that. You cannot focus on your sin so much that you will overcome it. The whole point of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection was to overcome sin, and God will not give us any other answer to the sin problem because he already solved the sin problem with Jesus. So we, you, you can't self-discipline yourself out of it. You can't self-will yourself out of it because we're too human. We're just too human. And God's like, listen, I know he knows how human we are. It's in the book of Psalms, I think it's 22. You are but dust. We know God knows the, how we are. He made, he made provision for us because he knows how we are. He knows we're going to need Jesus. In Colossians, it says that everything that was made was made through Jesus. Now, the point is, you and I, we were made through Jesus. And God put a Jesus-shaped hole in every single heart. There's a J missing. And you can't have more. More money will not solve that hole. Now, more money is nice because now you can buy things. But you'll still have the J-shaped hole. The right, you know, if I had just had this girl, if I just had this guy, if I just had this man or woman or whatever, it still doesn't fix the J problem because God put it inside of our hearts so we would seek for him. So you can't fill it with anything else. You could double down. You could have all the money. You could be like Bill Gates or whatever. You're always going to have the J problem because the M doesn't fit in the J. You can have all the other things, all the things your heart desires. You'll always have this situation because God put it in there because he knows well, I got to put a homing beacon inside the heart of every, of every human so that they'll come and they'll find me. So that no matter what they do, there's still something missing. There's still something missing because the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So what do we need to do? We've got to double down on this idea. 
on focusing on Jesus. My son was telling a story, a lady at the Logan Sport location, and she came to him and said, hey, I don't cuss anymore. He's like, oh, cool. She said, every time I felt like cussing, I would just say, God, help me. She just literally cry out, God, help me. And I would pray that simple prayer, and uh, you know, I don't cuss anymore. See, that's a girl that's got it. It's not about stopping cussing. It's about focusing on Jesus. See, the presence, heaven is filled with the presence of God, right? That's what heaven's filled with, the presence of God. There's no sin in heaven because it's a place with the presence of God. You can't can't have sin and God's perfection in the same place, right? The reason why we have to be uh, forgiven of our sins and righteous to get to heaven is because as soon if you come all messed up, you 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 broke you you there went the neighborhood. You broke the place by showing up with your sinfulness. So that's why God says, "I got to wash you pure. I got to wash you clean of all your sins, and then you can get to heaven because I gave you the gift of righteousness." Man, how powerful is that? So if heaven's pre- heaven is God's presence, heaven is perfection, you see, there's no sin there because God's presence is there. So in our lives, just double down on the presence of God. The issues you have, the sin, the sin consciousness and sin awareness, when the devil tries to tell you how bad you are and how ugly you are and how sinful you are, just say, yeah, you know what, I am kind of sinful, and that's why Jesus came, and I'm thanking him right now. Thank you, God, that you forgave me of my sins, that I'm washed pure, and I don't deserve it, God, but I'm washed pure by your blood. That'll shut him up right there because it's not about focusing on the problem. All it's going to do is make more problems. It's about focusing on the answer. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Walk with him every day. Wake up in the morning, be like, hello, Jesus, let's do this today. A simple prayer like that. Help me today, Jesus. You know I got to show up at this workplace again. It's Monday. Help me, Jesus. (laughs) I got these people I work with. Help me, Jesus. I got the situations going on. Help. And you just walk through your day with him. And before you know it, you won't be doing those things. Not because you tried not to do them, but because the presence of Jesus just pushed all of that out of your heart. You won't stop. You'll stop doing things, because, but you didn't even try to stop doing things. It's because you focused on Jesus. And now Jesus from the inside out, from your heart, from your soul out, Jesus is now resonating instead of the, soul, uh, the sin resonating because Jesus became the focus. For my own life, guys, got to be honest, I struggle with what I'm telling you. Somewhere in, the, in my psyche, I, I first learned these principles, these concepts in Bible college, and I, I've struggled with this idea because I would have been the kind of person that would have created a D.A.R.E. program. I would, and I would have bought into the whole thing, not realizing my heart would have been good. I'm trying to help people, not realizing that I, I see, I was always like, I still am. I struggle with this like self-determination. I'm going to do it. I'm going to push. I'm going to make it. I'm going to double down on my own will and make it happen in my own willpower. That is not biblical Christianity. So what I'm preaching you today is something that I myself have to remember believe in double down on because it's easy for me to just do it in my own self-strength the problem is when we do it in our own self-strength we become the answer and pride steps right in there so yes i can make some of these changes in my own self you know the backlash of that is look how good i am i made some changes why don't y'all make some changes in your life 
I'm good enough to make changes. You got to just, I don't know, buck up, buckaroo, and, and make just because. So the, the bad news is if we don't focus on Jesus, the, you, you might even make the changes. But you're going to have an arrogant, prideful spirit because you think it was you. But the spirit of Christ is humble and beautiful and can transform a life permanently, not just outwardly, not just the hands. Remember, from the inside out, it's from the heart to the hands, not from the hands to the heart. People try to make religion. I'm going to change my hands. I'm going to change my actions. I'm going to change what I do. The idea is from here makes it to here. This way never makes it back to here. And I I'm, I'm just want to make sure we're clear. I'm, I struggle. I have struggled, and I continue to struggle with this concept I'm teaching you today. But it is the truth from the Word of God that each of us needs to plant deep inside of our hearts. So what's our application today? Three things. Focus on Jesus and not your sin. Nearness to Jesus is the answer to your sin. And be more aware of his presence and not your sin. Okay, focus on Jesus. Be near to him. Be aware of him. Walk with him daily. Walk with Jesus. This is the answer. It's pretty much the answer to all problems. It's found right there in that today. Now, you might be peeking, but go ahead and have every head bowed and every eye closed right now. Because we don't want this to be in our own strength, our own power today. Help our focus adjusted to Jesus and his work, his finished work on the cross, and the power of Jesus to set us free from being held bondage to the law and to the bondage of sinful behaviors. Um, help us to be God conscious instead of sin conscious. Uh, help us to just have uh, that just walking near you, by you, and with your power 24-7. The first thing we wake up in the morning and think about is you. As we're going through the day, we think about you. When we're tempted to think about sin and focus on sin, Holy Spirit, come alongside us and refocus our, our thoughts and our, our even the intentions of our hearts back to, back to, the, to the Lord. And I pray that you just help us to uh, work in us to not just do things that please you, but to have our very will, our heart's desire, be orientated toward that because that is your desire. When we died to our sin nature, we were raised to become a new creature altogether, a new creation, and that creation lives to please you. And I pray that you help us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Keep our eyes on Jesus, and when we're tempted to focus on sin, help us to keep on keeping on when it, keep, when it comes to keeping our eyes on Jesus. And, and know that that is our identity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.